to the Food Talk Show. Hi there, my name is Sue Nelson and for the next half an hour or so we're going to be talking all things food and drink and I'm joined by my fellow presenter, Ollie Lloyd, Head of Client Solutions at Hearst Publications. I still don't know what that means. Um, and founder of Great British Chefs. Once upon hey. a time. How are you doing? I'm very well. You're looking very relaxed, Sue. As, you, what's the secret to your... I've been to uh, I've been to South Africa for three and a half weeks. Yeah, you're looking pretty chilled. Yeah, yeah, really chilled. Obviously doing the uh, food talk show yeah. every week, as usual. Well, but... we've been dialing you in. We haven't had the chance of seeing you in your sort of, you know... I know. But it's, um, I love Cape Town. Mm. Mm. Haven't been properly. Do you, do you know the thing that I really enjoyed? I went on the blue train. Do you know what it is? Tell me more. So it's like, it's like the Orient Express-ish. Right thing um and it and it, it goes from pretoria all the way down to cape town and it takes uh two days nice so you stay for two nights and then you have to dress up so you feel like i don't know you feel like agatha christie's there or did anyone get murdered Poirot. no but i think good. that they might okay because it feels like that you know um yeah and so i stayed in a cabin uh, with a bathroom that had a bath on a train <laughs> yeah so i had a bath on a train nice do you, do you know anybody that's ever had a bath on a train no never no Never. Food was great, though. Was it? Yeah, yeah, really. Was good. there like a cocktail lounge we could have? Yeah, it's cocktail oh, lounge, nice. and there's a little like um, viewing platform, and then there's all the long corridors of everybody's bedrooms. It's hilarious. It's like something out of the nineteen. Is everyone very 20s. chatty and sort of you know? Yeah, well, I think there's only something like sixty guests on there or something. Oh, wow, so it's quite small. Yeah, and to be honest, I thought it'd be a bit knobby. Right. You know, but everybody was so nice. They're really, really nice people on there, and it was re- really interesting. People, good fun, really good fun. I'm wasn't assuming, anybody particularly young? I was about to, I was about to say, was, was, what was the age, what was the profile? I was one of the younger ones, let's right. put it that way. And from where in the world? All, um, the all sorts, or? actually. Yeah, all Europeans, actually. All, right. Mostly Europeans, right. actually. So um, it was great. I'd recommend it. Very good. It was very, very Maybe good. Maybe we can record the next one, just, you know, on, on a train. On the blue train. You know, in the background. Yeah. Might be a bit Sleeping on a train is a bit weird, though. Oh, yeah, I don't love that. No. Sort of da, 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 da. But yeah. I suppose you get used to it. But but um, yeah, having a bath on a train, it does slop that about sounds, a bit. That sounds a lot better than uh, out. does it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do they have a sort of line where they say "Don't fill above this"? No, mark? they don't. They leave no. that to your own intelligence. I had a butler as well. Did you? I've forgotten his name now. Honestly, and you, you accuse me of being posh. I <laughs> know oh, it's hilarious. Surely it's made me all hot now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's why I'm relaxed. Obviously. Yeah. Hmm. So anyway, battling it out in London, you know. I know, no. but February is a great time to go, isn't it? Because yeah. weather was awful, so um, it was a really good time to go. Anyway, should we move on to our lovely guests? Yes. Um, actually, I'm sitting next to Rosalind Rathouse here of the Cookery School, which is um, around um, Portland Street. You're, you're originally from uh, South Africa, aren't you? Yes, I've lived here for 55 years. But you were from Joburg. The accent's still here. The yes. accent's still yes. here. Do you get back? Do you no, I haven't back? actually. Haven't I just can't hear accents, so... It's ah. remained strongly ah, um, But uh, yeah, so Rosalind is from South Africa and she's going to talk about cooking, teaching people to cook. Um, I've also got um, Jess Lee Wilson of Hallenmon. Hi, Jess. Hi there. Pleasure gonna, to be here. We're going to talk salt. We are. And uh, I've got loads and loads of questions uh, to talk about salt because uh, my views on salt have been completely transformed by reading 
salt, fat, acid, heat by Samin Nosrat. You've watched it on Netflix, haven't you? Yeah. I, so I said the terrible thing to do to watch watch a film of a book, but yes. Yeah, I really I think the book was um, fascinating, really interesting, and that's really changed my mind about salt and how you should use it. Didn't realise it was so important. Um, and then, of course, we've got Beth Ann Smith of Lismore Food Company. Good Hi, morning. Beth. Good morning. How are you? Ah, uh, good. Uh, lovely Irish accent there. Ah, uh, thanks. Actually, you're <laughs> surrounded. Broke. You're surrounded by women today, aren't you? Lucky. Well, I work at her. You it's, are it's so 80% lucky. It's eighty percent women. There you in go. The company I work for. Um, and Lismore is famous for biscuits really it's now famous for biscuits before it was famous for a castle but we've usurped their um ah, they're now more famous than a yeah, castle absolutely and you you very kindly bought some stuff to uh, you know, and taste for the uh, for the for the, uh, as a gesture of solidarity and for quality control purposes <laughs> <laughs> well we'll give you a bit of a, a, an update on that so um let's start with uh, rosalind now um there are some facts here that i've got um this is according to you gov 2018 one in eight people avoid cooking from scratch. I mean, avoid. That's just wrong. It is wrong. Um, I'm not quite sure why. Well, it's correct, but it, but it, but it's wrong that they're doing that. <laughs> yes, it's wrong. I was confusing you there. It's sorry. correct statistics. <laughs> uh, the most popular dish, according to them, to cook. Um, this is obviously in the UK: sausages and mash. Yeah, we're, we're imaginative here. Yeah. Uh, followed by beans on toast and mm. spaghetti bolognese. When did you last cook beans on toast, Sue? Uh, I have beans on toast quite a lot for breakfast, actually. It's good for you, yeah. It's quite a good thing to have for breakfast. Mm. If I come back from the gym, I don't know, I fancy it. Um, And then one in four British people can only cook three recipes. Is that you? I wouldn't be surprised. Really? Mm. Really. So, so obviously, Ollie, you and me, we love cooking. We've brought our children up to cook from scratch, and it's part of a family thing for us, and... You know, it brings people together and you can chat and you can talk and all that sort of stuff. Lots of people don't live in a, I don't even know if you can call it traditional family unit, but they don't live in that sort of family unit. Do you think that's part of it or do you think that kitchens now are tiny if you're living in an apartment or we're watching so many cookery programmes which are really, really popular, Mm. but people are still not cooking any more than they used to, I don't think. I mean, mean, look, there's so many reasons why it hasn't been, you know, I suppose, adopted by as many people as it could be. I mean, ultimately, on the positive side, you know, you can now get anything at any time, anywhere with the, you know, the Uber Eats and the Deliveroo. So, you know, that is, you know, much easier. Impacting on it. Which is impact on it. You Mm. take also the fact that I think the quality of ready meals over the last 10 years has definitely improved. Um, Still expensive, still something I don't do, but but definitely, you know, it has improved. So there's more variety. If you've got a particular dietary requirement or particular interest, there is more variety in that area. And I think fundamentally some people just have never been taught it, you know, which is why, you know, they just, they're, they're scared of it and, and lots of people are scared of these kinds of things. Because Rosalind, it used to be on the school curriculum a long, long time ago, didn't it? Yes, in fact. And do you think that's part of the problem? Yes, this is my hobby horse. Yes, um, go for it. I am old, so I can remember a time when we had no plastic. That ages me, fifty over 50 years ago. When I was at school, we had to do something called home economics, they now do something that's under technology, where you do a project associated with whatever you're going to do. Firstly, that is so off-putting. There should be a subject at school simply called cooking, because if everyone learned to cook from the time they were little to the time they left, that would be about 15, 10 years of cooking, just pure cooking. Even if you did a week a year, it would teach people, introduce them to cooking. It's died out completely. Mothers and grannies don't cook anymore, so it hasn't come down through families. And 
cooking is something that is so remote to most people. If you love food and you cook like everyone around this table does, that's totally different. But if you aren't in that sort of environment, you don't even start cooking. Cooking is entertainment. You watch it on television. I, it's quite controversial what I'm going to say, but I actually believe that all the programs on television have actually altered people's perception of cooking so that they think if they can't chop like a chef or put things together expertly, they're no good at cooking. Mm. And we're always saying that isn't so. You can do really simple things very easily, but no one teaches anyone how to do that anymore. Even that boiling me, an egg. Yeah, the thing that drives me mad about MasterChef, for mm. example, is you'll get somebody who's actually quite a good home cook. They then come onto that program and then they mm. teach them how to cook as if you were a restaurant chef, which means you have to pile something up in a, you know, like a pyramid on your on your plate and all that sort of stuff. There doesn't seem to be programs that celebrate home cooking. And I remember absolutely. Delia Smith getting absolutely slated by, you know, Jamie Oliver and, you know, Gordon Ramsay and all those sorts of people because she, she did a very basic uh, cooking programme at one point. I think it was called How to Cook, actually. Mm. Um, uh, and, and they just really took the mickey out of her. She was even teaching people how to boil an egg and all that sort of stuff on television. But, but what you're saying is more of that is needed, not less. Absolutely. I think I watched something, I don't watch much telly, but I saw a programme where I think it was called Britain's Best Home Cook. Yep, my sister produced it. Oh, it was competitive. <laughs> yeah, it's it competitive. Yeah. Why competition? It's Because it gets ratings. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But that, again, doesn't encourage anyone that can't cook to yeah. cook. Mm. You actually, I think Delia's are a little simple, but I think um, what she did was teach people how to cook. When she used an ingredient for the first time, it used to sell out, didn't absolutely it? Absolutely <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. So it said something about the viewing figure she must have had. Mm. Yeah. But I think when you mentioned salt, I think salt's magic. But we have people coming into cookery school, they see our salting things and they say, oh, so much salt, it's so bad for you. And I think that, again, yes, salt is bad for you if you're eating ready meals all the time and takeaways. You're eating far more salt than you need. But if people learn to cook at home, salt They'll is have magic the, the and right you need proportion, it. Won't yeah, you? yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you set up the cookery school and your aim is to take people back to homely, delicious cooking, mm. helping to demystify cooking techniques, remove jargon, and to educate people and give them solid cooking skills. Now, now, when you read a recipe, uh, um, I remember this when my children were young, that, that people do use particular words and you go, I don't actually know what that is. Mm. What is a roux? What is a this? What is a that? <laughs> yeah. and, and, and these words are chucked in. Miss and, and plus, all the chefy words. And somehow you're supposed to, you know, chiffonade. That's a good one. But you don't um, need to use no, them. You just no. use plain English yes. and you make things simple and easily communicable. Yes. And I think that that's one of the problems that puts people off cooking when they see long lists of ingredients and they see terms that they don't understand. All you need are your ingredients and your method is one, two, three, four, five, and you follow it. Mm. In fact, we run a professional course. Uh, we call it a cook certificate. It's an accredited course and it's a six-week really intensive course. You can get into people's heads in six weeks. So mm. they come in very often not able to cook and they leave us six weeks later being very good cooks and we give them a week in a restaurant kitchen just to see what it feels like. And more often than not, they're asked to stay on. And my theory is that 
cooking skills are cooking skills, whether you're a chef, just and but they focus on technique far more, or a home cook. Get into a restaurant, it's the speed you need. Mm. But if you've got the knowledge, they're interchangeable. You'll be fine. Yeah. So, um, Beth, I'm going to ask you to take your headphones off because Rosalind, just behind you, has bought some stuff with her for us to taste. Can you reach behind you in those bags? Do you, sure can. can you manage that? Um, and uh, so, so explain to us what you've bought with you and, 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 and why... Let me move it out of the way. Yes. Uh, and why that would be sort of a... Um, you know, the sort of thing that you would teach at the cookery school. Well. So what have we got? What we, like, we, got like, we like a bit of food in the um, studio, right. don't we, Ollie? I love it. Right. What, what we bought wow. there are some scones, cheese scones, <laughs> that I whacked up just before I arrived because they are so easy. But scones really test the men, separate the men from the boys because if you want a light scone, you don't need it. You just pull it together very, very quickly. If you need scones, you get a bread, bready type of very heavy mm. scone. Using exactly the same proportion of baking powder to eggs to everything, if you add more milk to your mix, you can you get a muffin, you just get a looser mixture. If you use the same basic flour, baking powder, mix, eggs, and you add extra milk, you have a pancake, uh, you know, sort of um, an American type of pancake. So what you're trying to teach people is is these basic concepts, yeah. which if I learn how to do that, I can actually create four or five different things Absolutely. just from that basic well, concept. Well, if we teach a soup, we teach, you know, fry your onions if you're adding some oh, garlic, still fry your garlic, mm. and then add your veg, add some liquid. If you understand if you how to do that, if you want a smooth soup, puree it. You want a lumpy soup, a chunky soup, leave it like that. You could, with that formula, you can virtually make any soup. You can get much simpler ones where you don't have to fry things. But essentially, straight away, you've got a whole lot of soups taped. The same with stews, the same with roasts. So we're able to get through things very quickly because we teach a principle and you just extrapolate it. Whatever you're doing, we teach principles. But this, this for me, is the key to cooking, is mm. that once you've mastered, you know, a basic cake, you can kind of sort of play around a bit. Once you've mastered the concept Absolutely. of a stew, mm. you can kind of play Absolutely. around Absolutely. I, right. I think you're totally right, which is the game is to teach these kind of fundamentals that then change people's perceptions. And that's you, the game. Absolutely. My background's in teaching. It's in simplifying things and making them really accessible for people so they feel enabled to do it themselves. And I think that, as far as I know, I'm the only person that, well, I'm 76, so I've taught for over 50 years, um, that is actually a teacher teaching cooking. So I'm not coming to it as a chef. I have been in food for many years in my life. I had a pie factory, so I've done food. But... I've also learned how you have to simplify things. If you want people to understand them, you have to simplify them. So the guys that we teach that go off and become move into kitchens um, actually understand what they're doing. They may be slower than a chef, but you can give them virtually throw anything at them and they can take it on board. And they'll default back to the Absolutely. basic and underlying principles. And they can speed principles. up because yeah. as they become more confident, so the speed. And it's kind of learning how to understand flavour as well, isn't it? You know, when, when you do that, when they, yes. when they learn the basics, they kind of figure out how and to get the kind of proportions 
correct yeah. in terms of like mm. let's say a stew for example absolutely um, so Jess and Beth um, your your verdict on the we just oh, had a cheese so absolutely delicious I mean it's still really, warm as well delicious really tasty but well, even nicer with butter I mean butter mm, on yeah. everything butter on everything mm. I'm Irish and what about the, now these what, what are, are these banana um, banana muffins mm. and why I've chosen to do those quickly this morning again really very quick is because bananas are one we're very into sustainability and we do a lot on food waste bananas are something that is an ingredient that is very wasted along with milk along with bread, bread. millions yeah. of slices of bread are thrown away each day likewise milk so bananas I thought were an appropriate thing to put into a muffin we're going to get Ollie to taste those how's so, your texture there Ollie very nice texture good so here he goes Mm, that's really good. <laughs> not sweet. very sweet. Mm. I not put sweet. much sugar because I want them not too sweet. Mm. Do you want to try one of those? Yeah, definitely. But I still mm. that flavour was so good. I'm kind mm. of slow to taste anything else, but I'm sure it'll so be you, delicious. So you've got the cookery school, and it's in Portland, yes. uh, Little Portland Street, Little yeah. Portland Street, yeah. um, in the middle of London. Um, who comes to, to these? Cookies? What sort of people are, are, are wanting to cook? Really, I mean, not, I mean people don't want to necessarily work in a restaurant, do they? But but what? Who, who's sort of no, the, on the professional course, we get people that want to work in restaurants. Yeah, yeah. But um, on our general courses, we do classes, we do courses of, at all levels, and there's very little we don't approach. But um, in the early days, mainly more women, I would say, with the odd man. Yeah. Sometimes I go into the kitchen and there's a class only of men. For me, that's been a very big change. Um, the other thing, we do quite a lot of... Kids want to learn to cook, enthusiastic kids. And we have a principle where if a parent wants to come in with a child, we only charge for one of them. Um, provide, and we only can have three parents and children in any class because otherwise it might be child heavy. what age? What age are you... We don't care. If a parent wants to bring a child in to introduce them to cooking, provided they work with them, That's great. they can come That's in. That's amazing. And we only charge for one of them. That's um, great. Sometimes the child wants to bring the parent in for a present. Well, it's a child that's charged, although the parent might be paying, but it's their thing. <laughs> that's fantastic. And vice versa. And so the idea is that ki kids are always able to participate in cooking. But we run children's courses, um, which they love in the summer. We used to take them out to various foodie places to go and see a bakery or a fish shop. But um, I suddenly thought with all the things happening in London, it was probably safer to keep them in cookery school mm. in the afternoons. So we give them a challenge. They cook in the morning and then we give them a recipe in the afternoon and they have to cook it, maybe a scone or a muffin or a something that they've just got to do their own, on their own. So what, what age, we, so what age, from what age to what age? Um, the, from 11 to about 16 are the classes, the courses that we run so during the holidays. See, I think all kids are interested in cooking. Yeah, so yeah, I, mean, I think I think they are. They're just yeah, naturally yeah. because they love yeah. Yeah. You, know, they love you get your hands, <coughs> you get involved, mm. you, you know, you, you can see how something's progressing, you can then eat the thing at the end so of it. So seven, seven's a bit young, is it? Yeah. Mm. No, 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 no. <laughs> seven's fine. I've got interest of summer sorted. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, um, they definitely learn to, they love do it cooking. with him. Mm. I mean, uh, I think the, the problem with schools, of course, is, is you know, the dreaded health and safety thing now and, and also the equipment that you need. Because when, when I was at school, I'm afraid I'm a bit older as well, you know, we had home economics and there was a whole room full of cookers and, and you know, sinks and all that sort of stuff. That's quite 
resource intensive for mm. a school, um, which probably isn't used all the time either. Um, so it can be a little bit difficult I but think, it's for schools now. But but that used to be one of your lessons, home yeah, economics. Absolutely. Um, but they should put it back. I mean, it really oh, should. God. I mean, they're worrying about, I mean, obesity, people not understanding where food comes from, not making good food choices. And I mm. think if you're not learning to cook from scratch and you don't understand those things, you'll never make the right mm. choices. Yep. Those yeah. are the things that I bang on about all the time. I bang on one thing further than that. I believe there's so many good things happening at ground level and people's all sorts of initiatives. That's very, that's great. And I love it. And I think that's a way to go. It should be a government initiative. The government should take the reins and say, the minute everyone starts learning about where their food comes from, that's your sustainability aspects, your obesity, your Balance health things, your salt, your yeah, fats, your trans fats, whatever people are eating. And it really ought to be coming from the top like it used to. And it's just died out. No one takes mm. But the government were lobbied to put it back on the curriculum a couple of years ago and Theresa May refused to do it. And yeah. then you're stuffed. So there you, you go. Are. Yeah. Even know. if they were growing things on the windowsills, you know, I think kids love that, of the growing mm. little peas on the windows or at herbs. Yep. Kids love, that's how you get them interested as well. And schools can easily do that and the kids can pick off the peas and they get excited by that as well, don't they? Mm. Mm. They love doing anything. Yep. Kids, we sometimes, we have another policy of never saying no to schools that call us. Often schools phone from quite impoverished areas saying they want to bring the children in. We can't give them long sessions because we're in the centre of London and our space is heavily used and expensive. But we always bring them in and we always give them a cooking session. And they're so excited they love by it. it. They, love they absolutely it. love it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, we could go on talking about that for ages, but yeah. I'm afraid we've got some other guests with us, uh, Rosalind. But thank you. Uh, my thank cheese you. scone was my favourite. Delicious. Well, absolutely both are delicious. Absolutely delicious. So, so, salt. Let's talk about salt. Now, now you were just saying, Rosalind, that, that, that you, know, you need to understand how to use salt. And salt is a very, very important uh, part of cooking. When I was reading the salt, fat, acid, heat book that I was I was talking about before, I was um, I was really taken aback about the fact that actually, if you can add lots of salt at the beginning of a cooking process, actually, whatever it is you're using will absorb the amount of salt it needs, and the rest will get you know literally. If 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 you're using vegetables, the rest will go go down the sink. But actually, what happens is whatever you're cooking will absorb those things at the right time. Absolutely, As yeah. opposed to adding salt afterwards on your food, mm-hmm. at the end, at the table. Uh, what you should be doing is, you know, in the, that awful cookery programme thing, oh, it's not seasoned properly, that drives me around the bend. But, um, actually, uh, but it's kind of true, isn't it? It is true. It's and, kind of true. And I think that's what they mean. Um, and the other thing is, the different sort of salt is really important. And that was a shock to me. I thought salt was salt. Now, that isn't true, is it? (laughs) No, I mean, absolutely not. Um, Salts range vastly in the way that they're produced and um, where they're made as well uh, really affects the sort of mineral content um, of the salt. So I'm from Anglesey. We make it up in Anglesey. It's all harvested by hand. Um, we have a uh, protected designation of origin status, which I'm sure lots of your listeners are familiar with. So it's what Champagne and Parma ham have. So that it means that the way in which we make it is kind of legally protected and it's, um, it is actually unique to us. So we're the only British sea salt to have that. 
Um, so our our competitors don't don't have that certification, um, and we we actually rinse the sea salt as well in a very concentrated brine, which removes um, some of the excess minerals, so the excess sort of calcium and things like that in the water. So it means that it tastes quite different. Um, it's got a very clean and pure taste. Uh, we've won lots of great taste awards over the years for it. So and also when when I was reading this book, um, if you have very refined salt. Um, actually, you need to use a lot more. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, be, because of the way it's processed and all sorts of other things. And, and also, also just the additives. There's other stuff in it. Now, I thought, I thought salt was salt, and I didn't realise some of the table salts, if we can call it that, that sort of more powdery type salts, actually have got blooming additives in it. They've got all sorts of nasty salt, stuff why, in it. Why Absolutely. has it got, you know, so... So it's to make it free-flowing is to stop ah. it from clumping on the shelf. So um, ours is, it's organically certified by, um, sorry, organic approved. It can't be organic because it's never been alive. But um, so we, we don't add anything to it at all. Um, I think everyone's tasting at the moment are pure sea salt. Yeah, that's where you can hear the, the oak. You can hear the rustling um, in the background. I mean, Rosalind and I have just smelt that and it smells of, it smells of a bonfire. Of turf. Wonderful. Almost. Mm, yeah. um, and, and I've just tasted a bit. Now, normally I, I don't like too much salt and you You'd, you'd taste a bit of salt and your head would blow off in a horrible way. I've just tasted a bit of that raw Lovely. and it's really nice. Lovely. It's really, really good. Um, yeah, that one won three gold stars in the Great Taste Awards last year. Um, and it's a great story about that was it's used to finish some caramels which are made um, over in Seattle by a company called Franz Caramels. They make beautiful chocolates. Um, and it was actually the gift that President Obama used to give on state visits was he used to give those caramels topped with a little bit of our smoked sea salt. That is a nice, nice story, yeah. Um, and, and you've got this pure white um, sea salt here. Now, both of them have, have won great taste awards, um, deservedly so. Um, why would it be important to use this in, in cooking? You know, what are, the, are there any other benefits? Um, I mean, so one of the amazing things is the kind of mouthfeel and the way that it keeps its crystal shape on hot foods. So it's amazing if you put it, um, I mean, I've actually been vegetarian for a long time, but um, a lot of my family, I mean, they love a good steak uh, and it really holds its shape really well on hot foods. Um, it's also, you know, it's going to keep that lovely crunch if you put it on a beautiful fresh tomato salad, mm. lovely drizzle of olive oil. I mean, wow. I think what we really care about is making... You know, doing something very simple, but doing it very, very well. That's what we really, really try and do um, up at Helen Morn. So we've actually just opened a cafe as well, which is very exciting. Um, so it's right right on the seashore. It's a really beautiful panoramic view. Um, and our chef has come from River Cottage. Mm. He's amazing. Um, and we've obviously got our own smokery on site. So we do lots of um, kind of experimental smoking, different ingredients for the cafe. But actually, I've also brought something... Um, something else along with me, which isn't salt, but uh, it's very exciting. So this is an oak-smoked water. Do have a sniff <laughs> of that. Okay. Um, so we actually started doing this for Heston Blumenthal um, a few years ago now. Uh, it was for a smoky mushroom risotto. So he actually came to us and asked us to do it. Uh, my dad's my dad's slightly crazy uh, in a wonderful way. So whilst m most people would say uh, no, um, <laughs> uh, we sort of started doing lots and lots of different trials. Um, it's it's best used as an ingredient in things. Um, so you're you're kind of tasting it straight up right now. Uh, 
I'd I'd prefer to have a kind of kind of sniff um, rather than a taste raw. No, we taste everything here. Oh, great! Well, wonderful. <laughs> Why not? I mean, what's um, really interesting about this, Ollie, is it's oak smoked water. Um, have a smell of it. It tastes again. Tastes like bonfire. It's gorgeous. Um, it says you can you could uh, you can make ice cubes out of it and put amazing. it in cocktails. A few drops <gasps> in an ice cube. It makes the best Bloody Mary you'll ever Ooh. have. Um, can and you it's imagine that? Bloody Marys here right now. No, <laughs> we, should, oh, we should not have done that. We should have pre-ordered them. Mm. <laughs> so it's a clean label ingredient. Again, it's an artisan product. It's smoked slowly. There's literally two ingredients, and they are smoke and water. Uh, so it's not like that horrible acrid liquid smoke, oh, yeah, which, which is, you often which have in America. False. It's completely false. It's horrible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's lovely. Mm. Um, so it's like we we sell that to so many different people. I mean, it's in lots of uh, you know products and from Marks and Spencers. Do a sourdough with it. To, um, biscuits. biscuits. Biscuits, amazing. I mean, shortbread. Someone Ooh. puts it in marmalade. Best a few drops in mayonnaise totally in a sandwich. That. I mean, lots of hotel bars mm. have it for all sorts of amazing cocktails. Mm. It's a winner. Well, that, that's very interesting. Where can you buy So we're on uh, Ocado. It's sort of, it tends to be more the independents who have it, actually. Um, we do most of it wholesale at the moment, but it's also in places like Harvey Nichols, Selfridges, um, Harrods. Harrods, yeah. Very nice. Yeah, I'm absolutely. Is it alongside your salt? Um, do you know what? It's a bit of a, it's a tricky one in terms of category because people it, yeah. are never quite sure where to put it. So um, I have to be honest and say I don't know exactly. Um, but keep, keep an eye retailer, out. Depends on the retailer. Yeah. I mean, the, for me, this is just such one of those classic examples of, for me, a lot of things that make great food is quality ingredients. And it's the building blocks that makes the difference. And so often you think, oh, olive oil, or olive oil, salt, salt, peppers, pepper, spices, spices. They're just not. You know, there's such a fundamental difference in taste and in quality when you taste something like the sort of the smoked sea salt you have or the pure sea salt, which I've had at home many times. It's just different. And it's I think, you know, different. there's also the part of it, which is it's produced in a, in a sort of sustainable Absolutely. way by a family. And I think that just makes a, a massive difference. And one of the, the really naughty things you said before we went on air is it's it's really nice to see something that's not Malden. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> which, to, be, to be fair, well, I have... With all due respect to Malden, no, but, but, but look, it's I, all pervasive, isn't I it? I have Malden at home, I have Cornish home. I don't have your stuff as much as I should. I have over the years. Um, you know, it's one of those terrible things, the wrong thing ends up in the basket and you just keep doing <laughs> it. Um, but, I mean, look, I mean, to be fair, all three companies are producing really, you know, yeah. good quality products. I think what's nice is, is that it's nice when there's a bit more of a, a story behind it and... You know, you guys are innovating. Also, what's amazing is we, so we're um, we're the only one of those three companies where our, we call it a salt coat, which is an old French word for a kind of building by the sea. Um, but we're open seven days a week. So we do behind the scenes tours. So um, it's a really, it's a really growing business for us. We do have a lot of schools and a lot of community groups, but people are literally coming from all over the world to see how we make it. So yeah. we do three tours every day. Uh, you're led by a trained guide, so you, you watch the whole process and then you do a, t a tutored tasting at the end. So you can taste it alongside some of our competitors, maybe a European sea salt, a table salt, and you can really taste the difference. And that's important, Rosalind, isn't it, that people experience that because then they become massive advocates and ambassadors, don't they? Absolutely. I think everything to do is to do with taste and feel and actually doing. And education. Not just education, not yeah, just yeah. talking about it. So, we're uh, uh, finally on to biscuits. So, we moved from Wales now, from Anglesey, we're just going across the sea. Um, and tell us a little bit about Lismore. 
Well, so we started our company five years ago. Um, I had been chefing for a long time. I trained in Ballymaloo, actually, which I'm sure oh, you've fantastic. come across. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's very similar to Rosalind, what you were saying about just learning the basics, learning really well. And then really the concept of if you can read, you can cook once you get going, you know, which I really believe in. But so I, I, I was a chef for years. And then five years ago, we decided we wanted to create our own product, myself and my partners, Ken and his brother Owen. And we started with a range of sweet biscuits, which are here in the orange tubes. That's one of our savouries. That's our lovely uh, caraway biscuit. Caraway is a very divisive flavour, by the way. It's not for everybody. But this is our um, this is our biscuit with salt, <laughs> with some wild Atlantic <coughs> sea salt. from. It's hand harvested in Ackle Island. And it's a three-star great taste winner. Um, I love that one. Um, and then you have the, this is a gluten-free uh, chocolate and orange. All of our biscuits are made with minimal ingredients. So for example, like our shortbread's the best example. It's flour, sugar, and butter. It's just so simple. Try them. Mm. Um, so these these are just, our two savory biscuits are just on the cusp between sweet and savory. So there's the caraway and we also have a digestive with sea salt. And then we have five sweet ones. Um, but there's, you can put them on a cheese board, but I eat them like biscuits. So they're just oh, wow. just on the balance. Um, so short, it's delicious. <laughs> um, thank you. And then we have some lovely chocolate apple uh, thins here. So these are literally dried apple covered in dark, 70% dark chocolate. So these are one of your yeah, five, one are, of your five straight, a day. Ollie straight in there because of chocolate. <laughs> I'm just going back to these um, caraway with Irish seaweed. Yes. Really interesting for me because when you have cheese... Um, that's neither sweet nor savoury. No, it's on the And cusp. actually, that is so, and that's so unusual to have something like because I like a tiny bit of sweet with cheese, but I don't. I don't like a digestive. It's too much. Yeah. What do you think of that, Rosa? Nuts. And it is absolutely uh, as Jess said, really short. Too delicious. I gorgeous. love them. Yeah, it's my favourite of all our biscuits. Actually, too short for you. It's very no. clever. No, as in it's so yeah, short. So short. It's, it's absolutely mm. melting. And in it's the just mouth. on the, like, So I would eat mm. that also like a sweet bit because I don't. I was I'd, thinking I could have it with a cup of tea. You totally could, but yet, but it's not. It isn't lost on a cheese board. So there's a really nice balance when you have a bit of cheese with it. Um, so this is really so. I, so I have, <laughs> Rosalind, you have tried. I have, I have a real problem. Ollie with, doesn't with the, want to give the no, packet no, away. I have let a problem with the biscuit industry. That most of the biscuit stuff that's done is sort of the, the innovation. I would call it is towards deep sweet and kind of you know because it's run by the big companies and yeah. they're doing really kind of fun. what I'm holding in my hand. I'm assuming is a dried piece of apple. Yeah. With chocolate on it, and you can yeah. literally see it looks like a crisp. It's got like little ridges on it. Yeah. Um, I haven't tried it yet. You guys have. How it's is weird. It? Is it weird? It's, it's nice. And we have them nice here in little packets, but we also have them here without the chocolate. Um, I'll open those as well. So these are really great. On, so just dried apple. These are really great on a salad. Um, you can again put them on a cheese board. It's just apple. Um, you can have it as a snack. Again, we you know there's a huge demand as we know now for gluten free products. But we wanted we all of our products are developed for taste first. And if they happen to be something else, that's great too. And if not, that's no problem. But we, we realised with the apple and the apple and chocolate that they would the, the taste was fantastic and really it's crunchy. Fantastic. Have you tasted chocolate with raspberry in it? Piece of dried raspberry. Oh, I have. So you're getting the same thing of your tartness mm. with your mm. chocolate and the two offset each other so beautifully and it's the same sort of thing here. Because it's getting, the tart. Mm, the tartness of the apple with the sweetness. And it's interesting because it rehydrates. It's gorgeous. As you're eating it, it rehydrates. You're left at the end with raw apple, which is really interesting because it's quite a clean finish, um, mm. the, chocolate, the chocolate apple. <clears throat> so while we're talking into all these, and undoubtedly all of these products are, they are absolutely delicious. I in particularly like biscuits that much. They are gorgeous oh thanks um uh so, so um in 
2014, is that right? Uh, the three of you came together? Yes, uh, exactly. Uh, um, so we uh, joined. Why biscuits, though? So why? it was interesting. So at the time I was chefing in Lismore Castle and we had, I had a couple of months in the winter where it was quiet and we were, we were like, let's do something else in those months because, you know, I, I could often kind of find my, that I, I was kicking back into the season and I hadn't really done anything with the time. But we wanted to do something that we could produce at the start ourselves and that we, we knew that we couldn't do anything with the short shelf life. Um, and every single day in Lismore Castle, you serve afternoon tea. And as we were making biscuits and cakes every day, we're like, what could we do with shelf life? And we realised we could do biscuits. And we knew that, you know, they would celebrate. I mean, I know if you were here, you have really good English butter as well. But we knew like something like the shortbread was obviously the first flavour we did. It's such a celebration of butter, really, in a way. And it's such a simple taste. Um, I love butter. It's, it's, I love butter. I mean, butter is great. And also, you know, if you, if you think of, I mean, I, I remember the first time I had a real biscuit versus um, a, a big, you know, mass-produced, horrible biscuit, you know, with palm oils and whatever else they put in them. The taste is so different, actually. And we just wanted to bring that flavour to everybody. Um, I, I know there are some other very good biscuits company, companies that produce good biscuits, but I think the whole thing was to bring this flavour that people, it was kind of reminiscent of their childhood in a way. So we decided to launch our sweet biscuits. We launched a range of five then the following year and or that year, 2014. And it was it was really to bring the both the, the Irish butter, celebrate Irish butter, but also to bring that feeling of like afternoon tea to the like because you get these this tube and somebody gives you a present of this and they come to a dinner party and you're like, ooh, that's so nice. Yeah. Um, so it was to, it looks very it looks very gift like. Yeah. In, and the, we, in the packaging, we wanted to make it feel like a real like just stop and have a moment and you know like that. Sweet. Yeah, that was really special. Just making a moment special and stopping and not just getting a pack of biscuits for 32p and little actually getting something that you're like just and you're gifting it to somebody and you're you know if you as a receiving if you receive that or if somebody gave you those ones the caraway with the some cheese or some salt or you whatever you you just be like oh that's such a lovely present so it was really about stop and take a moment but we wanted to i suppose um bring something to market that we could create ourselves at the start and control and bake get the quality what i love right. about them is the purity of the ingredients mm. a they local we really celebrate local and seasonal a lot. And these are local, apples, you know, yes. butter, all the stuff you're using in them is just so so what we should be eating. Totally. And as Jess was saying earlier about your ingredients, you've got clean ingredients and so do we. It's really important to us that we use minimal ingredients. So there's just, there's no chemicals. The the butter is the preservative. But then you get, but then you get the taste. So. And you get the taste. Yeah, in fact, exactly. at Cookery School, we have nothing ever with any additives or preservatives. Everything is good Proper food, old-fashioned, I sometimes call yeah. it. And you taste it. You totally mm. do. Yeah. You do. Jess, your, your thoughts as we're winding up the programme? You've got loads of food in front of you. You've scoffed <laughs> your way through. Well, it's been a fairly delicious afternoon so far, I'd mm. say. Mm. I... Um, I just remembered, actually, I read um, an article by B. Wilson this last week. I don't know if anyone else read it on the ultra processed foods. I mean, one of the things she says is, um, you know, seeing seeing salt uh, and sugar in someone's kitchen is a really good sign because it means they're cooking, <laughs> which I thought was a really um, kind of, you know, one of those things that's fairly obvious. But um, we need to get um, a really decent uh, sugar producer on, actually, don't we? Because we've mm. done that, I don't think, Ollie. No, I don't think we have. Because it's the same thing. I know sugar's yeah. demonised, but, but well, this but is this, it's, it's the processed same with salt. sugar. Exactly, and they're sort of vilified. But I think if we're cooking from scratch and we know what's going into something, 
you yeah. know how much you put in. Totally. You know, it's very it's different. It's Absolutely. an occasional treat, yeah. not something you pick off the shelf Absolutely. all the time on and, a daily and basis. Rosalind, you said earlier about people who buy a lot of um, pre-made food. They don't realise how much actual salt and sugar goes into those ones. Dreadful. So they do get a fright when you see normal, they see normal exactly, amount of salt yeah. being added. But, you know, the stuff that they buy in takeaways and that's pre-made is way more salty and sugary. Mm. But we were allowed five grams of salt a day. They've reduced it from six grams to five. And if you look at five grams on a teaspoon, it's a lot. You put three of those into a tablespoonful and that is for three people a day. You wouldn't actually use that much salt a day mm. in home cooking when no, you see no. it presented that way. Well, Ollie, I feel like you and I didn't really need to be here because those three are happy like chatting on their own. <laughs> totally. And they brought, and they brought the, the picnic. We, we produced nothing. We just sit here eating. We just have the studio. That's mm. the studio. Next time, all, Bloody all. Mary's. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you've actually got that right. Actually got that right. Well, um, thank you uh, for joining us. Our, our guests today are Rosalind Rathouse of the Cookery School. And if you've got children or if you don't think you know enough about cooking, and this is about home Can cooking. It's at Little Portland Street. It's at Little Portland Street uh, in the middle of London. It's very near a tube station. You can just yes. walk straight from there. Um, so uh, check that out and we will put links um, from the website. Oxford on that. Circus. Oxford, Oxford Circus. Oxford Circus. Yep, that's right. Uh, Beth and Smith, Lismore Food Company. Oh, I'm going to really look out for some of your stuff. I didn't realise you Thank could Thank you so much. Lovely get, things like this. You can also uh, get it in Selfridges um, and we have an online um, service as well. That's so. great. I mean, uh, Ollie shops in Selfridges, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> Sue's more of a Harrods person. Okay. North London. South Very funny. <laughs> it's just a continuing joke that he likes to perpetuate. Um, and again, there'll be links from the uh, from the website. And and thanks, Jess uh, Lee Wilson, and all of the people who work at Hallam Mon uh, up there in Anglesey. Beautiful place. Absolutely, it's just yep. three hours from London. If anyone fancies coming to visit, yep. Yeah. By car or by train. Beautiful by journey. Train. It's, by a, train. it's a direct train. I Is mean, it? it's yeah. So I actually work down in London a lot, so I'm here a lot. Um, mm. So that journey's very easy. Mm, I promise. Driving isn't so Driving easy. is wouldn't, less easy. I try and avoid that. If I were you. Yeah, I try uh, and avoid that. Train. Yeah. Um, and again, you've got some great tours up there and, and um, yeah, good to see a, a, a great Welsh product. Definitely. Very good. Very good. So again, thanks for joining us, Jess. Um, you've been listening to the Food Talk Show and we're syndicated to radio stations across the UK and further field as well as being available on Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, iTunes and the podcast app on your phone. Thank you to my fellow presenter, Ollie Lloyd. That was an easy program. That was really. excellent. Right. Delicious food, lovely guests. Lovely. If you want to recommend any future guests, someone doing something groundbreaking in the food sector, just like our three ladies here, please get in touch with us via Twitter on at Food Talk Show. And if you want to listen to any of our hundreds of podcasts, go to foodtalk.co.uk or we're on the homepage of Speciality Food Magazine website. I hope you have a good week. Bye-bye.